and welcome back to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. I have been offline for a few weeks in the jungles of Costa Rica producing with the Freedom Culture podcast during a mastermind at a permaculture farm uh, as well as Envision Festival actually where a whole hundred of us, a hundred people moved over from the permaculture land and the immersive learning experience to a music festival into pure creativity flow and celebration and during that time me and the team uh, from the superhero academy were able to capture about 50 episodes of content and i can't wait for you to hear them i can't wait to share them with you on this channel green planet blue planet where i usually discuss the uh, visions for earth or the narrative that we're we're sharing as like a compass north of of planet earth and and the values we we truly want to embody and practice here um, with artists, entrepreneurs, impact makers, spiritual teachers. And this time, the next about 20, 30 episodes, you'll hear from the masterminds of the social impact influencers that gather annually in the jungles of Costa Rica. Um, kind of those people who are really at the zeitgeist or at the pulse of time, um, the serendipity and the synchronicity of life truly unfolding. And so here we go without further ado. The first Today I'm interviewing Derek Rose from Houston, Texas freelance journalist, and so many different hats you wear. Thanks. Welcome, Derek. Hey, thanks for having me, brother. I'm excited to be here with Freedom Culture and Vision. It's time to share some ideas. Yeah, beautiful. Just an honor to have, have your time, you know, because you're at Envision, you're here to have a great time, to meet new people, to celebrate, you know, to connect with the influencers and the, the make-happeners, like the people that actually take action in the jungle. Yeah. So thanks for sitting down with me. Derek, I just want to ask you like a first, first question right off the get-go. Why do you go to permaculture farms like Punta Mona, or to places like Envision? Like, what's that about for you? Yeah, so for me, these events, uh, Punta Mona, Envision. I mean, it's absolutely about learning, about gaining the skills that I need to live the life that uh, that is in line with my values. You know, you kind of mentioned uh, of all the things going on here, I could be celebrating, jamming music, whatever, but I, and that's all good, but honestly, I'm here to learn. I'm here to share the message that I've that I've been uh, working on developing and promoting the last 8 years and like you said to connect with people who are also interested in making change because uh I get invited to speak at a lot of different events. I've been to different farms and different communities and there's a lot of beauty there. And I also notice that sometimes people get caught up in just the, I guess, the celebratory aspect. Totally. And sometimes forget about the, the purpose-driven aspect of it, which is, I mean, when I come to a place like Envision and I give a talk and there's people sitting down in the jungle with pad and pen saying that they came here specifically to learn, that's why I'm here. You know what I mean? That, like, mm. fills my heart with joy because it's like, yeah, I mean, I w I'm going to have a good time either way, but if nobody's here to listen and to, to grow and connect together, then it kind of defeats the purpose of me being here. So, yeah, that's why I come here, man. I come to, to learn from others, to share the message that I have to, and, of course, to connect and network and see how we can collaborate to uh, change the world, really. I mean, that's what it, I mean. that might sound kind of cliche or trite, but honestly, like, that's why I do the things I do. Dude, same here. Nothing I, less. I mean, isn't it, like, so the time for massive action on a collaborative, collaborative level at this point? Yeah, absolutely, and, and that's a big part of what I speak about in my talks is I constantly try to remind people whether I'm speaking at Envision or you know just whatever type of event it is like a lot of different events I speak at are promoted as transformational and things of that sort and I try to reinforce to people that you know what really matters 
is what you do when you go home. Because whatever you do throughout the weekend, whether you sit and listen to podcasts or you hear talks or you take drugs or you party and dance, whatever, like do your thing. But what really matters is when on Monday and Tuesday when people start going home and flying home, if they go home to the same old thing, then nothing changes. Boom. You know, and but if we Fucking actually that, take the ideas and like people are like, okay, I'm going home, I got a plan, I'm gonna just start taking these yeah. steps, I'm gonna actually start moving towards my goals, not just dreaming about them, then we're gonna collectively actually change things because there's people from r- literally all over the world. All here. over the world here. So it's a great opportunity to take that energy back and that momentum and do something with it. I totally agree. I think, you know, this separation between the leisure life and the work life or the spiritual life and the work life. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. It's like what you do every day is who you are. Absolutely. And yeah, we can have like a conscious break or a few days where we just take it easy. But Some self-care. Yeah, self-care, self-love, celebration, get to know some new friends. But what we do on a daily basis is how we show up in this world mm-hmm. and when we work together, things are better. Absolutely. You know, a lot of what I promote my message um, and, and my talk this weekend at Envision is about what I call holistic activism. And that is really about trying to distinguish between what people have traditionally seen as activism, which in my view is very reactionary. You know, like there's a there's a, a action happening over here, let's go protest it over here, let's run over this way. Let's you know, it's it's very reactionary. You're spending your time and energy responding to the the powers that be, if you will, right? The various forces, be they corporate, governmental, whatever, as opposed to saying what can I do in a proactive way to change things, right? And so, holistic uh, activism. Holistic activism or holistic yeah. anarchism is, is what I promote. And, you know, those words have meaning. Holistic is really to look at the whole picture, right? So it's not just about what are the corporations up to, what are the governments up to, but how are you treating people in your interpersonal relationships? The type of money you use is where, as well as where you spend it, the type of food you eat, as well as the source of that and all that goes into getting it on your plate. All of these different things are important and play a role and uh, changing the world. So yeah, I think that the more people start thinking holistically and start looking at the picture in that way of seeing how can we pr- be proactive. Um, and as you said, it's not just about separating kind of the spiritual from the work. To yeah. me, activism and the evolution, the revolution, you know, is it's in the day-to-day actions. It's in the conversation that we have, these kinds of things right here. It's not just about going on Instagram or going on stage and promoting a kind of persona or wearing the right costume or making sure you got the right fashion, whatever. Right. But it's about actually living these things. And that's a, kind of the bulk of what my message focuses on is really trying to get people to have consistency between their words and their actions. I love that, Derek. I think this is exactly where I'm at in my life as well, is like closing the value gap between what I talk about and what I do. Certainly been on this for years, but like more and more. and bring more people with me mm-hmm. in that sense or, or, or find more people and, and drop my own agenda sure. to, to really realize are we going to the same direction because if we do we better do it together because yeah. there are a lot of forces in this world or this universe that have different agendas that might not be holistic and uh, I don't believe in a not holistic future yeah absolutely and I think that I mean there's a lot of people doing great work and perhaps focused on very specific areas of the of the picture right and they're doing good things in their in their you know, genre or whatever, however you want to say it. But ultimately, I do think if we're not thinking holistically, if we're not thinking about the full picture and the full scope of our actions, because again, there are people I know who they know philosophy and what the government's up to in politics, like the back mm-hmm. back of their hand. But perhaps in their diet, they're also contributing to the destruction of their planet. Or totally. in their interpersonal relationships, 
they treat people like crap or maybe they have a really negative self-talk with their own self, you know? So it's all important to take that into consideration. And over the years, I've called that The Conscious Resistance. That's what my website is, theconsciousresistance.com. My book trilogy is called The Conscious Resistance. But in the last two years, I've started to refer to it as holistic activism and just elaborate on, on... what that means exactly and uh, and try to share that message to just again help people see if we're going to if we have big goals with mm. your goals to have a sustainable community a Punta Mona or something right if your goals to uh, get off the grid your goals to just live healthier you know even as simple as I want to lose 10 pounds by the end of the you know summer so I can go to the beach and feel good about myself but then you see in your daily habits you're not taking any concrete steps totally then you will never achieve that so if you haven't you know even done a first search on what is an intentional community or what is permaculture, whatever your goals are, then don't expect to achieve those goals. You know? I love that. Derek, I want to ask you another question. I know you just recently created a documentary, a movie, and I want to hear kind of how that furthers this message of holistic activism that you're already, already spreading in the world. So, yeah, that's a good question. Um, the interesting thing, so you mentioned in the beginning, I am a journalist in addition to doing public speaking and, uh, and writing books and trying to come up with you know, philosophical solutions and practical solutions. For me, the, the role that my journalism plays, I've been uh, involved in freelance journalism in Houston and around the, the U.S. for the last six or seven years. I didn't go to school for journalism. I just you know, taught myself. I've learned from a lot of really uh, you know, other skilled people. And over the years, I've realized that I have a knack for research and for finding information, and, and, and I enjoy it. So I typically see my journalistic work, which focuses on surveillance technology in uh, indigenous struggles, uh, corporate and state uh, corruption, and, and shining a light on some of those, you know, quote-unquote darker elements of society. I see that as serving the purpose of helping people see that there are problems, so then when they recognize, holy crap, I didn't know this was going on, yeah. I can also present them with my other work and say, here are the solutions. Think about this holistically. What can we do, right? So with that in mind, um, the documentaries are, are part of that, to try to expose people to some of these darkest, darker things. And in the last six months, I've started to focus more on uh, doing doing many documentaries, 15 to 20 minutes, but uh, the most recent one ended up turning into a full hour length documentary. And it's kind of an obscure topic. It's also kind of a dark topic that is not like the most fun thing to to share to people, but it's also important. Um, It's called Who Will Find What the Finders Hide? And Who Will Find What the Finders Hide? Yeah, and it's, uh, as I said, it's really kind of obscure, but it's also, I think, relevant to a lot of things going on. And again, about, you know, kind of exposing people to some of the shining the light in the dark corners of our society. Because as you said, some people have different agendas, right? Totally. Um, So... Do you want to give us a short, uh, like, call to action? Where can people find that? And what's, like, the the short synopsis? Yeah, I'll give you the short rundown of it. Uh, You can find it at theconsciousresistance.com, which is my website, or our YouTube channel, also The Conscious Resistance. Uh, But essentially, The Finders is a cult that was active in the 70s and 80s in the U.S. and in Germany and Australia and um, perhaps other places. In 1987, some of two, two men were arrested with six children in Florida, and it became international news. These men were accused of human trafficking, child trafficking. They were accused of, uh, I mean, a, a range of things from Satanism to pedophilia to human trafficking. And there was a potential tie to the CIA, the American intelligence community. And uh, within six days, the story went from being mainstream headlines to being gone. And it was essentially just, yeah, like I said, was New York Times front page news and within six days they said oops we made a mistake there's nothing to see here wow and that was in 1987 it disappeared for 30 years 
but as of 2018, new documentation has been released through freedom of information request. Yeah. And last year I started to dig into it and uh, basically it led me down a really deep rabbit hole where I ended up interviewing yeah. former law enforcement officers involved, interviewing former members of the cults, mm -hmm. and putting together a very in-depth, kind of more of like a true crime type piece that looks at like who was this organization, who was the people that founded it, and you know what what really happened basically and so like i said it's kind of it gets into some really intense areas but uh, i do think that the work that i've been able to do over the last eight months on that that topic is probably the most up-to-date complete look at that and the reason i think it's relevant in 2019 yeah now, tell us 31 years later yeah. is because some of those people are still in power the mm. people that kind of co they covered up this crime and some of the people that were involved in that cult are also still around. So in my view, if there, like any issue, if there was enough noise, th there could be a chance for actually holding people accountable. Because, I mean, yeah. not, not to, to spoil the documentary, but it definitely does, I found pretty clear evidence of a cover-up. And uh, it's, which, you know, that kind of leads down some really scary roads. Yeah, seems like this questions. is still kind of the reality. We, we're kind of just emerging out of this, like yeah. cover-up, black ops, like yeah. CIA, FBI, what, however you call them, K KGB, like yeah. just governmental kind of intelligence. So let me switch sure. the topic slightly, but kind of just the evolution or the revolutionary yeah. evolution of that for me is freedom culture. Yeah, absolutely. What is freedom culture like really feel like in your heart yeah so you know whenever i was first invited to come be a part of this and and come through here again i checked out the freedom culture website and right away i told mark like yeah this seems very in line with what i do namely because right on the freedom culture website it says it's time for a decentralized revolution and if there are key components of what i promote as i mentioned holistic activism exposing kind of the darkness but also localization and decentralization trying to get people that we have we see institutions be that corporations who are destroying the environment or you know the controlling the fluid supply or say governmental organizations covering mm. up dark things things like that to me the answer is to opt out to unplug from these centralized systems and to support emerging decentralized technologies localized communities permaculture you know to decentralize from the food supply to decentralize from government itself and decentralize from the central banking and from fiat currency mm -hmm. so that's why you know i support technologies like crypto and blockchain and 3d printing and a lot of emerging technologies as well as really practical things like permaculture and as well as kind of focusing on our internal traumas and our internal healing. My shirt here is a quote from my first book. <laughs> I was book. just reading it. Yeah. I love your shirt, man. Yeah, so this is... Revolution without healing is a recipe for disaster. And that's kind of the other component of my, of my work is in addition to exposing the darkness and promoting the solutions, I do think that all of that is incomplete unless we are working on our own internal traumas. And, you know, I'm a former drug addict. I've been addicted to several drugs. I went to prison... 14, 15 years ago now, and that's where I discovered meditation. That's what first set me on this path before I ever got into uh -huh. activism and journalism. And so it's very key to my message because I know that until we work on those internal yeah. things, it's very difficult to look at the world and say, how can I fix this if you can't even get past your own stuff, right? So, Dude, let, let, get, give us some more of your, of your life hacks there because if that's 14, 15 years ago that meditation found you. In whichever uh, circumstance, that yeah. was maybe shocking at the moment, but like how do you practice this ancient saying of know thyself? Yeah, you know, know thyself. It's that's that's key, right? Self-awareness is um, is the first step on what I call the sevenfold path of the holistic activist. Like self-awareness, and in order to have the ability to reflect. So I, I went to prison after being addicted to crystal meth for ten months, and within that ten months, from day one of trying it, I 
lost my job, lost my apartment, lost my relationship, homeless, sleeping on the streets, going through all crazy stuff and in prison just within 10 months, right? And when I got there, I just started to ask myself, like, what the heck just happened? Like, you know, it felt like such a blur. And also I was, you know, on a lot of different drugs. I was also very depressed at that time. I was, I got arrested the week before I turned 21. So I'm 34 years old now. And, you know, that was when I first started to really think about self-reflection and self-awareness and mindfulness, because I had to ask myself, how the heck did I get here? You know, and I come from a family of at least three generations back where the men on the bros side of the family have uh, drug addiction, have alcohol abuse, have prison. You know, all three of my my, my birth father just died of a drug overdose last summer wow. after struggling with drugs his, whole, his entire life. You know, so I grew up visiting people in prison, being around drugs, being around this stuff. So when I found myself there, it was a real gut check of like, I've been mad at this guy my whole life for his drug yes. problem. And here I am locked up for my own things, you know. So it really caused me to start to look inward. And I started with, um, I really kind of got into Buddhism at first and specifically Zen meditation and Zazen. So I started to get my grandmother to send me just information on Buddhism and meditation and sitting. And in a place in prison, which I think is honestly the perfect place for it because there's so much fear, there's so much insecurity. Mm -hmm. You see a lot of people, oh, well, you're the same color as me, so we're all going to clump together and hang out. You know, you, And people come to me, hey, you can't be talking to him, and you can't be hanging out with those people. And I, it's just a totally different environment, different culture, different not a freedom culture, totally different yeah. backwards culture. And uh, it was very difficult, but also, I think, again, so necessary in that space to like, okay, I'm just going to go inward. At night, I'm sitting on my bunk, and I'm just trying to learn how to meditate and focus on like what's going on in my head. I hear people whispering about, what's that crazy dude? What, you know, whatever they got to say. Wow. And just focused on like this. I, you know, I got, I'm looking at the calendar. I'm not going home for at least a year. I ended it was like the worst environment, actually, to start that because like yeah. there was so much external forces pulling in all directions. There's a lot of fear, man. There's a lot yeah. of that insecurity, but it was, and since then, I've learned that there are an increasing amount of meditation programs in prison which is where they're most needed and I would love to go back to probably school yeah. and, and prison not that school and prison have anything no they're actually very similar other, honestly, <laughs> they're honestly schools are becoming increasing like prisons honestly but I mean I think that's that, a whole other topic we yeah, could jump into right is the education but revolution that we, we so need on this planet right now pull out from those centralized systems again you know but yeah, yeah ultimately it's about finding that space for yourself because whether you're in prison, whether you're out here, honestly, I think it might be easier in prison because I get to pull away from the distraction of the cell phone, of the internet, of constantly being busy, right? It's harder, I think, for people who are out here in the you know, everyday world, what when you're in prison you call the free world, when you have 20 devices around you pulling your attention in all these different places. But when you're in prison and you really have to strip down and bear down, and once you accept, I'm not going anywhere, Yeah. you know, you have nothing but yourself. So you can either avoid it, and some people do that, or you can go within, and that's what I chose to do, and that really set me on a new path. Once I got out of prison, I got into questioning a lot of the world and in all the thing, into all the things I'm doing now. But it started first with the internal, uh, you know, the internal battle, what I call the struggle against our internal tyrant, which is our doubts, fears, and insecurities, which we all have and which expresses itself in different ways for each person. Powerful, really powerful. That story is like the impressive truth of how life looks, right? Because what I, what I know f from my own journey is in so many ways I try to do the right thing or say, have the right words to say and, and, and all that is, is also a form of pressure or fear, right? Mm -hmm. Because if I have a pressure of, that I need to perform in a certain way, I'm always going to listen to the external world to, yeah. to, to know where I'm at. Yeah. But for me, when meditation found me about 10 years ago, everything changed. Sure. It turned more and more inward. And then from the inward, I, I, I get that self-value, that worth, that, mm -hmm. that joy, that spark. Yeah. 
And the curious thing that I, that I find is after 10 years of meditating, these are the people I start seeing and that come into my own reality. And then yeah. you, you must have a, a similar experience with just yeah. this, these incredible humans are walking this planet. We're 8 billion of us. And yeah, we said earlier in this conversation, some might have like darker agendas or different agendas or just agendas from a different place of consciousness. Exactly. That's maybe just like 60, 70 years old, you know. Yeah. And, and I think when we are working together... And we do the self-work, the self-love, the, the, the healing work, the generational healing work. Something else becomes available. Yeah. I don't even know exactly what it is, but it's like the emergent field opens. And we're, we're given the, the choice, like the, the, the red pill or the blue pill. Sure. Right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think you're right about that as far as just, you know, I try not to think of terms, things in terms of like, we're the good guys and these are the evil kind of corrupt people as, as opposed to like what Buddhism taught me is just like to see things like as in their nature as they are right and so for one reason or another there are people who were manifested in this world to do things that when we look at we say I don't like that that's bad but that's also the inspiration that calls us to do good things you know mm -hmm. so without them without they doing these other things we wouldn't be here doing the things that we're trying to do you know what i mean so i totally know what you mean it's it, part it's, of it's it, part of who we are at this time point in time i guess i mean we don't know really how the future is going to look sure. how ev evolution is going to shift that balance from polarity or maybe change the lower vibing end of pain and trauma into sure. just a little less of it but but yeah it's currently real and if it's real in the now then uh, fighting it is I believe is is not the right way forward. So that's why I personally love your your choice of wording, like holistic activism. Activism yeah. is fucking sacred. Yeah. But activism and resistance just against doesn't really see that we're all one connected and sure. ultimately are looking for a solution together. Yeah, absolutely. I like to you know bring it to people's attention that imagine you've got the whatever you know the the worst bad guy you can think in the planet like see rockefellers Rothschilds, monsanto whatever kind of you know we so people as activists often they they kind of idealize this person that they see is yeah. like it's like the monopoly man this just like evil or like <laughs> like steven talks about montgomery burns from the simpsons like yeah. just that really bad guy <laughs> and imagine you have them right in front of you right and yeah. we've seen this like realistically like for example in libya and iraq when the the, the leaders of those countries are disposed and really horrible things has happened to them, where the people get them in their hands and they literally rip them to shreds, and right. they they just they you know they do horrible things to them, and I feel like that is going to be a very key moment. So imagine you've got this person that you know is responsible for all kinds of horrible things, and we, you know, we finally got them here. It's like, what do we do in that moment? Do we turn into those same monsters and kill them, yeah. or do we? hold them accountable and let them, you know, face like, this is what you're responsible for. These are the things and give them an opportunity for maybe even their own self-forgiveness for maybe their own healing. Because I feel like that's where the power really is. If we don't transmute that and turn it into something, we, I mean, the reason yeah. I talk about this is because revolution, you know, it, it talks about revolving. That's the key word revolving, going in circles. And so when we choose that same yeah. thing, we are going to continue to go in that circle. Yeah, and th the question really becomes, is it a revolution or is it an evolution, which is part of the revolution, right, Absolutely. even in the word, and then the circle turns into the spiral, and in yeah, the spiral exactly. there's a movement kind of almost like upwards. Yeah, exactly. I'm making uh, like air marks here, quotation marks. I find this super curious because if you think of it on like a global level, this is kind of the state the world is still in. We, we're just continuing this war and imprisonment system opposed to realizing, okay, what if we just hold you accountable and use your example in history, like let's say 
the last war in Iraq or Iran or, or the Holocaust or the yeah. many, many, many Holocausts that we had on this planet, you know? Yeah. And learn from it. Yeah. We learn that this is not the way to live. We learn yeah. this is not the way we want to be as human beings. Absolutely. And we use it to enlighten our children, our future generations, and say, look, this is, how, this is how deep and this is how dark the human psyche can get if we're not fully expressed, if we're not exactly. allowing each other freedom. Exactly. And I think, again, like anything less than thinking about it in terms of holistic healing and holistically uh, will be, uh, will likely, you know, maybe, maybe we'll get to some point where it looks like success for a generation or two, but if we choose the methods of the past that have already failed us, yeah, maybe, you know, again, maybe one or two generations, but we'll still end up where we're at now. You know, we have to evolve past where we're at and the things we've been shown. And I think that's the beauty. That's why I do take hope with conversations like this and working with so many amazing people, yeah. literally from around the world. And like, I've had people ask me that, how do you do all the things you do and not get that just brought down? It's like, well, I'm connected to so many people just in the last month, met people from India, Australia, just all over who are going home with their, yeah. their excitement to do things in their communities. And that gives me hope and passion to know that, for one, I'm not alone and you're not alone. Everybody should remember they're not alone. You're and, definitely and that's, not alone. And that's where I draw inspiration from is just knowing that there's so many powerful people and that we do, we have the knowledge of all the great people of the past and we have technology yep. that's never existed before and when used in a, in a good way, a sacred heart-centered way, we can do some amazing things. So that's where I take my inspiration from. And I, I just want to encourage more people to think about the issues holistically. When you see a problem, don't just point your finger that way, but point your finger back to yourself and say, how am I contributing to this? And what can I do to remove my support from that system? If you see something you don't like, don't just you know protest and react to it, but see how you can actively remove yeah. and, and support something new, something better. Beautiful. Derek, such a pleasure to get to know you in Costa Rica, to hang out with you at all these various places we traveled in the last few days and it'd be here right now in the jungle on the Pacific side of Costa Rica at Envision Festival. It's 2019. There's lots of work to do on this planet and I'm really just stoked and happy to see there's people like you around. Absolutely, brother. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Yeah. Appreciate your time.